of excellence. However, in a world that is volatile, ever-changing, not many leaders know how to lead with these traits. There was a man called David. He was the youngest in his family. Tenderness and gentleness defined his character. He was a humble man who served willingly. He was faithful in small things and was trusted with big things. David began his leadership journey at an entry-level position. David, he enjoyed a sense of dependence and trust in God and ensured that God received the glory for the success in his life. He was the king over Israel. Now David started out as a shepherd boy and he died as King David. My question is, how did David make such a massive transformation from a shepherd boy into leadership. As usual, on the Avarali Podcast, get your pen, get your paper, your iPad, or your iPhone, and let's get this conversation started. The book of Psalms reminds us that before we were even born, God saw us, and every single day of our lives were recorded in His book. Every single moment was laid out even before a single day had passed. Now, the first thing we need to understand is you are not a mistake. You are not here by accident. You are here by perfect design, and your steps are ordered. David was a perfect design. He was the son of a farmer man named Jesse, and he was a shepherd boy looking after the sheep in the fields. David was king before it was even officially revealed to him. Now David's journey to leadership began in the book of Samuel. God told Samuel that he had rejected King Saul because of his disobedience. And now David, the young shepherd boy, would be crowned as the king. God told Samuel, don't even bother focusing on David's outer appearance or his good looks. Focus on his heart. You know, I want to make the first point. The intent and motives of a leader's heart must be pure. This is where most people make mistakes. We choose our friends, our employees, and even our spouse based on outer appearance. We focus on how they dress. Are they flashy? Are they trendy? And then we end up being disappointed when we find out the true motives of their heart at a later later time. I remember back in my days in college, I was an international student paying a tuition that was three times that of a citizen or a resident. I was a proud owner of five outfits that I repeated every week and I did not care. I was focused. 
Sadly though, I was hanging out with the wrong friends. You see, those friends that I had back in college, they were flashy and they rarely repeated their outfits. But I discovered one day the true intent of their hearts when they asked me, could you not change your clothes? And I thought, whoa, time out. You're residents, you're citizens, I am an international student. Well, of course, you know what the end was. The end, that was the end of our friendship. Now, God's decision for the next leader of Israel was not based on David's outer appearance. His decision to give David the job as king because of the purity of David's heart. So Samuel anointed David as king. Now, immediately as David was made king, the spirit of the Lord left Saul. This means that God was no longer with Saul as a guiding protective force. Now, David's promotion to king was not done with a public service announcement. Neither did Samuel issue a press release. His promotion was done in a secret exchange. David himself did not understand the fullness of what had happened or what was about to happen. But God declared in the book of Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a bright future. Now, right now, wherever you are sitting, I needed to write down four phrases. Are you ready? Number one, plans for you. Number two, plans to prosper you. Number three, plans not to harm you. And number four, plans to give you hope and a bright future. Now, because we're going to see how these four phrases became a reality in David's life on his journey to leadership, I need you to start thinking about your own destiny. Now, David's destiny as a king was chosen and established long before anyone in Israel even knew David as king. God had plans for David to shifting from the shepherd boy to the king over Israel. This leads me to point number two. Your destiny is secured. You see, folks, your destiny, was, your destiny was chosen from the day you were conceived. When you graced the world with your presence, the journey towards your destiny began. Now, it doesn't matter your age or your stage. You were called to greatness. Your role and my role is to cooperate with God's plan for our lives. Now, on David's journey to leadership, he had an encounter with a man named Goliath. The first challenge he encountered was Goliath, a giant that represented fear. Now, most of us, when we're stepping out, that's the first thing we encounter, fear. But David knew that in order to get from where he was to where he needed to be, he had to conquer that fear. Goliath was perceived to be this champion who would terrorize and torment the soldiers as they, as they stood on the battle line. And one day Goliath shouted out, Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. And if he's able to fight with me and win, then we will become your servants. It is quite amazing that embarking on his leadership role, David had to face fear. 
Why was this so important? The road to your destiny will contain setbacks, obstacles, betrayals, failures. Things may seem impossible, but fear must be conquered to build up your confidence to face and win greater battles. Nothing will be powerful to stop the plans that God has for you unless you allow it. Now the soldiers were dismayed, they were perplexed and paralyzed with fear. No one wanted to go up against Goliath, but David. David begged for Saul to allow him to be the one to fight Goliath. He was confident that he could defeat Goliath. He was confident that God would make him prosperous. After all, don't forget now, he was a king, a secret weapon. So Saul, who was the leader, failed to provide a strategy for success. Leaders, we must have a strategy for success. But David, the young leader, seized the opportunity, selected his weapon of warfare, stepped out in faith, and he announced the outcome. You see, we have to state the expected outcome. And David said, Goliath, this day I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, and he will deliver you into my hands. Well, if you know the story, you would know that David did defeat Goliath, just as he said. And that was his first public victory as a leader. The question you should be asking is, why was David successful? We're going to take a small break and then I will share David's five strategy. Here we go. Here are David's five strategies. Number one, God was his source of success. He knew with God on his side, he could step into any challenge and expect the outcome to be victorious. Number two, David had a different perspective. He challenged the status quo and refused to see fear and this challenge through the same lens as everyone else. He did not see challenge, he saw opportunities and a God who was bigger than the giant. True leaders see challenges as opportunities. Are you seeking out opportunities or are you stuck in current situations that do not serve your destiny? See challenges as opportunities and silence fear. Number three, David had a different strategy. Saul gave David his weapons and his army clothing, but David knew he had to take a different approach. David knew he could not use the same old strategy and expect to get different results. He had to do something different, something unconventional, and he used what we call in the Caribbean a slingshot. Leaders, be ready to innovate. Be creative to stay ahead of the game. Number four, David's vision and motives were different. He heard the threats but had envisioned, he saw, he, he brought into being the future, what he wanted his future to look like. And he knew if he could win this battle, then this was an opportunity to show the world the greatness 
of his God. Leaders give honor where honor is due. Number five, he did not see the twins fear and failure. David saw the twins faith and success. Goliath was no threat for David. This young man was confident in his faith, believing that if I step out, if I face the fear that is trying to hold me back, I will be successful. And David demonstrated a leader who was a man of great courage. I recall reading a story about Dr. Fina May, the head of learning and development at the ICRC, which is the International Committee of Red Cross in Geneva. Dr. Fina shared that while on a mission in Bosnia, at a displaced camp, she met this woman who suffered great betrayal and violence that had left her homeless. But what she saw in the woman was love. Dr. Fina concluded, after hearing the details of the woman's story, that this woman embodied courage and held that space no matter what she was experiencing. This woman preserved the dignity of that space and preserve the dignity of others in that space. Dr. Fina concluded that the core of courage is creating space that holds the dignity for self and others. Let me repeat that. The core of courage is creating space that holds dignity for self and others. This was exactly what the courageous leader David did. He preserved the dignity of the soldiers. He preserved his own dignity and created a space of dignity for everyone. Now, I would like to define courage in a leader. Courage in a leader is having the ability to do what is right and to be an inspiration to others to do the right thing. May I ask, what kind of leader are you? Think about that, and we will be right back. I hope you gave that some thought, because it's really important that we understand what kind of leader we are, whether it's personal leadership, or you're leading your own business, you're an entrepreneur, or you're, you're uh, leading people in an organization, or you are the president or the CEO or senior executive of an organization, it's important that we are so in tune with who we are that we understand what kind of leader we are. After David won the victory over Goliath, the army was inspired. You see, a leader inspires their followers, and no longer were they afraid and they joined David and helped him to finish off the battle. This marked the beginning of David's prosperity and unfortunately, the beginning of betrayal by his employer and friend, Saul. Now, David fought for his life when Saul came against him. But we need to understand what was David's attitude in dealing with this aspect of his journey. Saul loved David and even promoted him as a leader over the soldiers. 
But when David went out into the battle and he won, the woman would praise David. When Saul heard this, he became jealous of David. Jealousy, envy, and competition marked David's next level of leadership experience with Saul. The truth is, folks, not everyone is going to be happy for you when you're successful. Not everyone will celebrate you when you're successful. Your friends and those closest to you may become jealous. They will pretend to celebrate you, or they may not celebrate you at all, because deep down inside, they are overcome by jealousy and envy. How do you deal with that? The closer you are to taking your dreams from concept to reality, the more you become the target of jealousy. People will talk about you behind your back. You will become the topic of criticism and negativity. They will try to diminish your glory, diminish your success, disqualify and discredit what God has done and is doing in your life. All of that happened to David. Small, Saul smiled with David, but he had already begun plotting how he could get rid of David. How would you handle that situation? Let's look at how David did it. Now, despise that, despite the fact that Saul resented and despised David, David was the only person who could play music for Saul to keep him from the torment of his mental illness. Yes, Saul had mental illness. David continued to serve Saul, his leader, in humility, even though Saul tried to kill David. I mean, you must be saying right now, but this David is a madman. No, he was a man of wisdom. Because when Saul realized that he could not kill David, he recognized that David was more powerful than he imagined. He recognized that there was a greater power at work. God was with David. And so, even though he recognized that, he still did not learn. And so Saul demoted David and made him captain over a thousand men with hopes that with a smaller army, surely David would be killed in the line of duty. That's deep betrayal. But how, as a leader, do you handle when your employees or someone who you depend on, who you respect, who you look up to, turn their back on you? David did not quit. He stayed on course because he knew that on the path to his destiny, he would encounter setbacks and he needed the right attitude. He also knew the plans God had for him. He was already established as king and Saul was already dethroned. And in the process of time, he would fulfill his purpose. So David continued to operate in wisdom. Despite Saul's mental and emotional breakdowns, David wisely remained a devoted employee, a valuable team member, and an effective leader. Saul knew God was with David, and this made him very afraid of David. So he put David in the line of battle to be killed. Now when that didn't work, I'm telling you, Saul would not give up. When that didn't work, he made his daughter Michal as David's wife. Of course, poor David, he was happy to be the son-in-law of Saul. But the intent 
of Saul's heart was for Michal to ensnare David. However, David continued to operate in wisdom despite Saul's many attempts to kill him. I'm telling you, on the road to your destiny, to become who you are called to be, you've got to realize that wisdom is the principal thing. And you don't make a single move until you understand the totality of the situation so you don't abort your destiny. Wisdom in a leader is to know what is right, what is the right thing to do, when is the right time to do it, and what is the right reason for doing it. This leads me to point number three. Wisdom will protect you. How did David exhibit wisdom as a leader? Because I'm sure you're all saying, you know, this is crazy. The man tried to kill him and he's still honorable to the man? Well, let's look at it. How did David exhibit wisdom as a leader? Number one, he was responsible. He maintained an attitude of being willing and ready to serve. He managed the duties that was assigned to him and he went wherever his employer, Saul, sent him without complaining. Too many times we find ourselves in situations that we may not like, but we end up grumbling and complaining and it only makes the situation worse. Number two, David was accountable. David served as a leader of the army and was aware of his authority. The people loved David and this earned him an excellent reputation. David had their heart. They would do anything for David. And David led from a position of influence versus a position of authority. He was a man of honor. Number three, David honored God in everything he did and God honored him in return. David honored Saul and did not kill Saul even when he had the opportunity. Number four, he was a man of influence. When David was hiding in the cave from Saul, 400 men came to join David in the cave. These men were not perfect. Some were in distress, depressed, some were in debt, and some discontented had no peace. They were called the outcast, but David, a great leader, welcomed them with open arms. In the cave, David experienced hope, and he instilled hope in the lives of others. What a great man. Number five, David was a humble man. He operated in humility even when the people praised him over Saul, and he became famous as a fearless leader. David did not allow the fame and the praise to distort his perception of his importance. He demonstrated meekness. Let me tell you something about that word meekness. It is a good word. Meekness does not mean weakness. Meekness is your mental, your emotional, and your social strength in control. People want leaders who are courageous, who operate with wisdom, leaders who understand that people are an investment and an asset, and leaders who are mentally, emotionally, and socially strong. David, he had all of these qualities. 
I have a famous quote from Charles Swindoll. He says, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. So let's see how did David deal with Saul's vicious pursuit to kill him when we return from this break. Welcome back. There are always others who will be ahead of their game at different levels that is not on par with your stage of life. But you must guard your heart because out of your heart will flow all the issues of your life. Saul's heart was extremely jealous towards David. And when he heard that David was trapped in a walled town that had gates and bars, he thought, whoa, God had allowed this to happen. Again, jealousy overtook Saul to the point of deception. And Saul went after David with 3,000 men up against David and David 400 men to attack him. Now Saul came right into the presence of David and David had every opportunity to kill Saul. But David refused despite the encouragement of his men to kill Saul. You see, David was focused on his destiny. He knew he was a shepherd boy at the time running for his life, but he knew that he was anointed to be the king over Israel. So I will not mess up my journey. I will remain focused on my goals, focused on where I am going. Where I am now, it's not where I will be So in the future. So why would I do something silly to make a mistake and take me off course? No, David was destiny focused. The gains from killing Saul paled in comparison to his destiny of becoming the king over Israel. God promised David a bright future, king of Israel, but the path to his destiny was filled with trials, betrayals, and jealousy. And eventually Saul killed himself and David, who was anointed in secret, went from the little shepherd boy to the king of Israel. David suffered greatly at the hands of Saul, his leader, but David was a greater leader. Are you the kind of leader that leads with courage, humility, wisdom, love, and honor? He was a godly leader. And so folks, I encourage you today, it doesn't matter the journey you are on, you will always have setbacks. When you think about a leader, think about David. Think about the 400 men who came with all sorts of different issues. But David still made those men great. He inspired those men and he instilled hope. Think about Saul. Saul represented the, the, the highest level of betrayal. As leaders, we go through that. But how do you respond? Look at David. He remained honorable. He remained courageous. He remained loyal. He remained focused. And he knew that one day, that too would pass. And one day, he would get to his destiny. And certainly, David did. Now remember, everyone, lead with courage. Lead with humility. Lead 
with meekness, lead with wisdom, and in turbulent, challenging, difficult times, you will come out on top. As usual, thank you for tuning in. Send us an email, head over to www.avilradio.com. Send us an email. Let us know how this podcast is helping you. And if you have a specific topic, let us know. And we will bring that topic at some point in one of our podcasts. Again, thank you for tuning in and have a great day.